Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the other disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples said, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Listening to this gospel in our current cultural context, let's go ahead and point out the obvious. Jesus is terrible at social distancing. Terrible. He breaks into the apostles' quarantine, into their locked doors. And not only that, he actually breathes into their face. Receive the Holy Spirit. And we laugh, but something is being demonstrated here. Our faith is incarnational. It is tangible. It is not merely abstract. It is incredibly concrete. It is incredibly physical. And if we didn't realize that before, we as priests learned this so well in this last year because our hands were tied behind our backs. You cannot do a single sacrament without close proximity and often physical touch. In order to communicate grace, I need to be able to lay my hands on the sick person, to anoint their head and their, and their hands. I need to be able to say in the presence of the person, I absolve you of your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I need to be able to hand you communion or put the host onto your tongue. This is so very important because we aren't just spirits. We're not just souls. We are bodies too. Absolutely, God can and does communicate grace. He does communicate to His love to us without us perceiving it, without us touching it, hearing it, tasting it, seeing it. But He prefers to communicate grace powerfully when He engages our senses. In the next approximately two months, the Archbishop is going to lift the dispensation from not going to Mass physically. And so we want to be ready, because already how many of us have said, well, now that we have the live streaming, why do we need to go back? I have a soccer tournament. I can just tune in later. What difference does it make? We're going to have to confront this question because a lot of people have already checked out. And maybe uh, they watched for a few months, but maybe they're not watching at all anymore. Nor do they have the desire to come back to Mass. So what difference does it make anyway? Let's go ahead and put this scenario forward. You parents, you recognize that many of our sporting events even for elementary school, middle school, are being live-streamed, okay? What if you could easily go to your child's game or you could watch it online? So suppose you chose to watch it online, though you could have easily been there. Your son or daughter comes home and you say, awesome game, I saw every minute, you did so well. What would they say? You weren't there. You weren't there. And 
underneath that, you don't really care because he could have easily been there. Let's go ahead and put this one on, okay? So suppose you married people. You decide your relationship is going to be totally mediated through Zoom. And some of you might be saying, Father, that's not such a bad idea. (laughs) Suppose you actually want to have a deepening relationship with your spouse and your relationship is totally mediated through Zoom. Rather than date night, your spouse is waiting at the restaurant, at the park, at home. But you say, great idea. I can just FaceTime. I can still stay at work, and then I'll just tune back into work after we FaceTime. For how many of your spouses would that fly? It probably wouldn't go very well. You probably wouldn't have a very great relationship with your spouse if literally you only interact with them virtually, which is not to say it doesn't have value. Of course, we have so many homebound that have not been able to participate in Mass whatsoever, much less Mass here at St. Joe, which is their home parish. What an amazing opportunity for them to be plugged in and to be tuned in. So just as a disclaimer, when we say the obligation is being reimposed, if you're sick or if you're taking care of someone that's seriously compromised and you coming to Mass would put them at risk, you still don't have to go to Mass even though the obligation is there. If you're sick, you've never had to come to Mass. We're not changing that. But we are saying, if you're doing everything normally in every other aspect of your life and you're not coming to Sunday Mass, that's a problem. And not because it's just a relative imposition by the church and by Jesus, but because he knows we're not just souls. We need to be together. Faith is cultivated in the context of community. This is not an individual sport. Thank goodness it's not. Because if we had it our way, if we did it by ourselves, we would quickly be discouraged and fall away, which is exactly what has happened to so many, right? We didn't have other people that expected us to be there at church, and so we just gradually stopped tuning in. Jesus wants to save us in the context of community and how perfect it is that Thomas isn't there with the other disciples and he has difficulty believing that Jesus is alive and well because he's not in that context with them. But just like Thomas, we want to touch Jesus. We want to see him. We're not content with other people just telling us about him. And that's exactly, exactly what happens when we come to Mass. And when I say, this is my body, Jesus actually makes himself present on this altar. And when I hand him to you on your hand or on your tongue, you are feeling the wounds of Jesus on his hands and in his side. And we can say with Thomas, my Lord and my God, For those that can't be here, absolutely grace can be communicated to you through the spiritual communion, which is why we repeat it every Mass. But if we do not come to Mass when we can, we are not only breaking an arbitrary moral rule, we are depriving ourselves of something essential for who we are, body and soul. We need it. 
We need to touch, to feel, to smell, to hear. We need all of the senses engaged, which is exactly why we have the liturgy as it is. Jesus comes to meet us where we are. And this is mercy. Mercy is not us receiving the punishment that we deserve, but receiving the love of God which we do not. Rather than staying up there somewhere in the abstract, Jesus chose to become a man, to die on the cross, to rise again from the dead, so that we could never say, where are you, God? Why can't I see you, experience you? And he can say to us, especially those of us that have chosen not to come back to the sacraments of the Eucharist and confession, he can say to us, I am here. Where are you? Jesus is here. He is pouring his mercy out. It's as though he is at the game. He is your son or daughter playing the game, and he's waiting for you to show up. He is your spouse waiting for you for that date night. He shows up. And the question is, will we show up too? Jesus, you are so merciful. You do not give us what we deserve. You give us your love, which we do not deserve. You forgive us of our sins if only we open ourselves to receive that forgiveness. Jesus, drive from our minds and our hearts right now any spirit of apathy, indifference, any lukewarmness, and infuse our hearts right now with the spirit of fire that burns away the lukewarmness and the indifference that makes us come alive with new life, new love. Jesus, help us to taste you, to see you, to feel you, to hear you. Jesus, flood us with your peace, with your love, and with your joy.